day two of the test between Australia and the Republic of South Africa has concluded at the Sydney Cricket Ground, leaving Australia in a very strong position of 4 for 475. The first day was marred by numerous interruptions due to rain and one due to light. Australia scrabbled through to put on a few runs as the visitors failed to take any real wickets, although Nokia, their best bowler of the last two matches, did manage one nice dismissal. The star of day two was Usman Khawaja. He managed to put on a 200-run partnership with Stephen Smith, who achieved his 30th Test century, thus moving beyond the legend Sir Donald Bradman's 29, and then followed that up with a 100-run partnership with Travis Head, who put on 70 runs off 59 balls to absolutely bury the South African attack. Maharaja, the South African spinner, did manage to take his first wicket of the series when he dismissed Smith on 104. But that is very little joy for the South African attack, who've now conceded close to 500 runs for four wickets. The, The question is, what the hell are the instructions going to be from the Australian leadership as they head into day three? And the obvious answer is with Kawaja on 195 not out and Matt Renshaw having received a return to the test team four years hence. Uh, of course, you, you get an hour, guys. Make hay while the sun shines, because then the bowlers are going to come in and do the the real work, which is hilarious. So I I postulate, all right, if you're Renshaw and Kawaja and you get that signal, you get an hour, have fun, what are you going to do? I know what Kawaja is going to do. He's going to say to Renshaw, your time, you have the fun play the shots, let's go. I'll just farm the strike to you. So what's going to happen? Is Kawaji going to be tempted to, you know, hit a six or a four to get himself? No, 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 no. He's going to, he's just going to play singles around and to let Renshaw actually have, you know, a bit of fun in the middle, which is what senior cricketers do. You invest in the next generation. He'll get his 200, whatever, and he'll probably get out on 202, and who gives a rat's? Because by that stage, Renshaw will have got 30-something, and Australia will be five down for 530-something, or whatever the hell it is, and that's it. There's the change of innings. So it will be a challenge for the uh, incoming innings of the South Africans. And the, the funny part of that will be the declaration choice, right? So can Australia 
again remove South Africa for another sub-200 score. And if they do that, and they've got about 5.30 on the board, they've got like 330 runs to play with. Do they enforce the follow-on? The answer to that is probably not, right? <laughs> because, you know, Australia's captain is Cummins, and he's a fast bowler, and he understands the importance of fast bowlers, you know, needing recovery. But... <laughs> Australia have fielded two spinners with Agar serving as the second to Lyon. So they can get through their damn overs pretty quickly. The question, only question, is can they get the wickets? So it's going to be a really, really interesting day three's play in terms of how much depth can, how deep into the the South African batting lineup can Australia get through the day and then the real turning point is going to be day four about this question of do we enforce the follow-on do we have a short innings and how does it work and all of this of course depends upon the weather and you know usual external factors but anyway it's been a really uh, boring test <laughs> to date with Australia completely dominating the the visitors but a fantastic piece of batmanship by Bo Smith and most especially Usman Khawaja.